Welcome to the Avoiding Divorce Podcast. My name is Steve and I want to welcome you to and thank you for listening to today's episode. Just a quick reminder, we do have a email address, avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. That's avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. Please feel free to email us. Let us know about your situation or if you have any comments or questions feel free to email them to that to that address and we will um, take that under consideration for future podcasts that's avoiding divorce at gmail.com and once again thanks for listening welcome to episode 12 of the avoiding divorce podcast i'm your host steve i want to thank you for listening to today's episode. We're going to be dealing with a couple of different issues uh, related to limbo. Since it's such a difficult time for the left-behind spouse, it's so painful and, and hard to go through, oftentimes left-behind spouses are tempted to turn to things that they probably shouldn't be engaging in in order to try to ease their own pain and suffering. As I've said before on this podcast, limbo is really the gift of time. When a spouse comes to you and says that they want out of the marriage, they could very easily have just gone and filed for divorce. They could have very easily just packed their stuff up and left. Not too long ago, I heard a story about a gentleman who got home from work Um, And usually when he got home from work, he would throw his coat onto uh, the bed in the master bedroom as he walked by. And one night he got home from work, took his coat off, and went to toss it as he walked by his master bedroom onto his bed, and he heard it hit the floor. When he turned on the, the light in his room, the bedroom had been cleared out. And so the left-behind spouse needs to be thankful that the, this type of situation, if, if your situation is the, is the type of situation where your walkaway spouse has given you a warning or told you that they want out of the divorce, instead of just disappearing, you need to be thankful that you have that opportunity because a lot of, a lot of left, left-behind spouses do not end up with the opportunity to try to avoid the divorce or avoid a separation. And I know that's a difficult thing to do is that, you know, be thankful that your spouse has come to you and said they want out of the marriage, but maybe they're still in the house or maybe they are, um, you know, still sleeping in the same bed as you. And and it can be very painful and stressful to go through that. One of the things that left-behind spouses are tempted to do is to start dating other people. I think there's an innate human trait in us that think that all humans have a need to compete, have a need to to have a challenge, um, and that jealousy can be a motivator for that innate trait. And so sometimes left-behind spouses are tempted to go out and date, not because they're really interested in other people, but because they think it's going to 
make their walkaway spouse jealous, maybe wake them up to the fact that, that they could be losing the uh, left-behind spouse. And then the hope there is is that they will then come back to the marriage and want to work on things to try to prevent their left-behind spouse from moving on without them. I'm not going to say that that can't work, um, but I do think it, that it has a very low percentage chance of working. And so the short answer to the question of should you date during limbo is no. And there's a few reasons for that. Number one, if you're only doing it to wake up your spouse, as we've said countless times on this podcast, then, then that's not the right reason to do it. Um, anytime you try to manipulate the spouse back to the marriage, it's probably not going to end up the way that you would like it to end up. It's probably not going to result in the uh, you know, end result that you're looking for. And so it's not a good idea to do anything with one eye over your shoulder on your walkaway spouse to see if they're noticing and see if it has an effect. Another reason it's not a good idea to date is because you're really not in a position to be out dating. You're still married to somebody else. You still have an attachment to somebody else. And it's really not fair to the person that you might be dating who might turn out to be a great person. They might be turn out to be somebody that, that you could really like and, and really be happy with. But more than likely, there's no chance of this new relationship working because you haven't dealt with the emotional attachment that you still have to your walkaway spouse. And more than likely, you're not doing you're not dating for the right reason. You're not dating to try to go out and meet somebody new, to, to forge a new life with this new person. You're actually just doing it to try to wake your walkaway spouse up and show them that you're willing to walk away yourself. So it's really not a good idea to play with the emotions of a third person or fourth person if, if you're walkaway spouses in an affair themselves uh, like that and to mislead them into thinking that maybe there's a future with you um, when really you haven't even dealt with the emotional baggage from from your marriage that looks like it's it's coming to an end. Another reason that it's not a good idea is it overcomplicates your situation. If you really think about uh, what you're doing by bringing a, another person into the situation, like I said, it could it's either the third or the fourth person in your situation. You're really overcomplicating it because if you think you have problems with your walkaway spouse, introducing a third person into it probably isn't going to make those problems any better and you're going to you're going to interject a whole set of new problems into your situation on top of it you've got this new person now that is 
questioning and wondering why you brought them into this situation unless you're dishonest with them and don't, don't tell them that you're going through that situation, which I do not, I highly do not recommend. Then they're going to start wondering what's going on, how serious you are about your, uh, you know, a potential relationship with them. And it, it really just introduces a whole set of new problems in the dynamic of your situation, a whole, whole set of problems that you really don't want to introduce. You've got enough problems that you're dealing with. Um, and especially if you have children, it's really not a good idea to, to bring a, another person into the situation because it's going to confuse the kids. It's going to, um, you know, cause them to, to have to deal with things that they shouldn't be dealing with in the situation. And there are some other factors at play when it comes to uh, your kids as well. And, and my next point really gets to that, and that is you shouldn't be looking to start a new relationship with a new person until you can look back at your old relationship and have no regrets. Um, this is just a, a good practice in dating in general. Even if you've, you're, if you're not married and you're just, you're just breaking up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, if you still have an emotional attachment to that previous person, then you're really in no position to start looking for a new person because they're going to be a rebound person and they're really not going to be uh, somebody that you're going to give a fair chance to. And there's very little chance that that new relationship will be successful. And there's also the the, the uh, image that some people can get, including if you have kids with your walkaway spouse, that you have been unfaithful yourself. Um, one of the things that I encourage left-behind spouses to do is to, to do everything that they can to be able to look back at the way they conducted themselves through the breakup of their marriage and have no regrets, have no um, remorse for the way that they handled things once their walkaway spouse came to them and said they wanted out of the marriage. Left-behind spouses are masterful at being able to turn things around onto the left-behind spouse. Walkaway spouses are notorious for rewriting history, for manipulating the actions of the left-behind spouse and making it seem like it's more of the left-behind spouse's fault than it really is. And if you introduce dating into your period of limbo, then the walkaway spouse now has additional ammo. And since you're not divorced yet, they're going to be able to look back and twist the facts and say that you introduced this new person into your family's lives before your marriage was over. Now you can, you know, make the argument that, well, they had come to you with the intention of walking away. Um, but that really 
over time is going to become blurred. And if you're not divorced when you start dating other people, there will be people who point back to you and say, oh, you were, you were still married while you were dating this new person or these new people. And when it comes to your kids, you certainly don't want to show any um, impropriety in your own actions in relation to the end of your marriage. You want to be able to tell you, you want to be able to look your kids in the eyes when it's all said and done and say that, uh, you know, you conducted yourself in the right way um, that didn't contribute to the, to the final and ultimate breakup of the marriage if, if that's in, what ends up happening. Um, and so for all of these reasons, dating while you're in limbo is not advisable. I would, I would encourage you to stay away from members of the opposite sex, to stay away from the dating scene. This is why the get a life advice is to, uh, you know, not, not go out and engage in, in the bar scene, not to, uh, look for comfort in the member in a member of the opposite sex, um, but to keep your get a life activities focused on yourself, on your um, same sex friends, and engaging in activities that is are not going to overcomplicate your situation by introducing uh, another person into the mix. Um, really can't stress this point enough. So many left-behind spouses make this mistake of turning to dating, turning to members of the opposite sex for comfort and for um, just trying to find their own self-worth. And it's really not an activity that's going to, going to result in the results that you would like it to, to end in. And so as I close out the first segment of this episode, I highly encourage you, if you're tempted, to start dating, to start seeing somebody during your period of limbo before your divorce is final. I highly encourage you to reconsider that for all of these reasons. It's just not a good idea in general, and it's not the way um, that a... A person with integrity is going to go out and conduct themselves um, during this period of limbo. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll delve into another subject. Uh, thanks for listening. Welcome back to episode 12 of the Avoiding Divorce podcast. I'm your host, Steve. Uh, thanks for listening to today's episode. In segment two, we're going to delve into a subject um, that I've touched on in this podcast and I touched in, on in the first segment, and that is the subject of what if your walkaway spouse is more of a sprintaway spouse? In other words, what happens if on bomb day, when your spouse comes to you and says they want out of the marriage or they want a divorce, they actually leave you on that day. Or maybe they don't give you any warning and they just leave um, without 
even saying anything. They, you come home and all of their stuff is gone. Um, this is a situation that a lot of left-behind spouses don't consider when their spouse comes to them and says they want out of the marriage or that they want a divorce, that your situation could always be worse. Now, I want to briefly touch on a phenomenon I've seen where we always think the grass is greener on the other side. Spouses who have a spouse that has come to them and said they want out of the marriage but are still in the same house or maybe even still sleeping in the same bed, um, always look to people's situation where the spouse just up and left and think that that would be the easier route. They think that because the the their left-behind spouse is making their life so uncomfortable and it's so, you know, there's so much tension and so much uncomfortableness with sharing living quarters with a spouse who is saying that they want out of the marriage and all of the dynamics that go along with that. Um, they look at um, people's situation where the spouse just walked away, disappeared, or left the same day and think that would be a much easier route. Now, I'm not going to lie. I've said before on this podcast that limbo is a very difficult, stressful period, even, uh, you know, especially if the walkaway spouse is still in the house or sharing the same bed. Um, it's not easy. I'm, I'm not going to lie. However, the grass is always greener uh, concept also comes into play when a left-behind spouse has a spouse that just up and leaves them or disappears or drops the bomb and then, and then leaves the same, the same day. Those left-behind spouses look back <coughs> at the situations that left-behind spouses that are in limbo are in and say they wish they had the opportunity to show their spouse the changes that have occurred in their life, you know, the changes that they're making, the, the self-improvements that they're making in an attempt to maybe change their walkaway spouse's mind. So this is a, a dynamic that I've seen where whether you're in an in-home separation or immediately in a, in a physical separation in your situation, you'll always look to the other circumstance as being the preferable option. And in fact, some left-behind spouses that have been in in-home separation, when they have made the decision to move for physical separation, have regretted it because that grass is always greener um, thinking comes back to them and they think, well, oh, I made a mistake, now I can't show my walkaway spouse the positive changes that I'm making in order to try to avoid a divorce. So I think it's important for a left-behind spouse that's in an in-home in, and in an in-home separation to realize that they've been given the gift of time and they can now go to those three core tenets of avoiding divorce of focusing on yourself by, uh, you know, removing all pressure and pursuit and turning to self-improvement 
and going out and recapturing that person that you were in that life you had before you uh, met your spouse. And then, of course, working on learning to be happy by yourself. Um, you, you have that opportunity to do that when you're in an in-home separation. But like I said, there is a percentage of situations where the walkaway spouse just up and leaves. Whether they move in with another person, you know, the, the affair partner, whether they go move back home, whether they go move in with friends, whether they've done the legwork to find their own place and that they're just moving into their own place. This can leave the left-behind spouse's mind to spin. You can really be thrown off by, you know, what happens next? What do I do now? Um, you're not really sure how to proceed. Well, let me assure you that the advice that we've been giving in this podcast still applies to your situation. You still go out and recapture that life you had before you knew your spouse. You still focus on yourself and start making self-improvements. And you still start learning to uh, be happy by yourself. Those three activities in avoiding divorce are always the right approach, whether your spouse is still in the house or whether on bomb day they just up and leave. And the reason for that is, is because those three things help you move forward with your life regardless of your spouse, regardless of, of what they de uh, eventually decide to do in your situation. And so you shouldn't be focused on what they are doing, what their decisions are. You should be focusing on your own decisions and moving forward with your own life, your own self-improvements, and trying to really detach your emotional state from the decisions that they're making. Now, I'm sure that that's a difficult thing to do right off the bat. Um, if you are in a situation where your spouse just up and left, just up and packed up and moved out, maybe they told you they wanted a divorce and then packed up and moved out, um, maybe they did things in a more public way. I, I've heard of situations where the walkaway spouse has, at a family event, announced their intention to divorce and had an affair partner pick them up in the middle of that family event with, you know, enough stuff to, uh, you know, live for a few days and was just completely gone out of the family's life. Those sorts of events, of course, are going to cause you to spiral um, because it's so sudden, it's so immediate, and it feels so hopeless right off the bat. My encouragement to you is if you found this podcast and you've listened to this, that you still put these three core tenets of avoiding divorce in place in your life, that you are trying to uh, move forward with your life and get a life Go out and recapture that life you had before you knew your spouse and engaging in your self-improvements and learning to be happy by yourself. Putting the focus on those things will help you calm down 
and not spiral as much. None of these situations are easy. There's no better way to um, find out that your spouse wants out of the out of the marriage. Whether your spouse is coming to you and talking to you, but still but still in the home or still in, in sleeping in the same bed, or whether they just up and leave. It's not easy either way. And we shouldn't be looking to what the spouse is or isn't doing, the walkaway spouse is or isn't doing, to determine whether or not our situation would be easier. That's focusing on your spouse. That's focusing on what the walkaway spouse is choosing to do or not do. The focus needs to be on you. You need to put your focus on yourself and not worry about what they're doing. Um, the one exception to that, of course, is if they're involved in a physical affair. If you find that out, then as we've talked about, uh, and I, I believe it was episode six, but the previous episode of this podcast where we dealt with dealing with an affair, then obviously there's a few more steps that you should take if they decide to stay in the house and especially in the marital bedroom um, in order to protect yourself. But short of that, you should not be focusing on what they are, are doing or not doing, whether they decide to stay in the house, whether they decide to sleep in the same bed, whether they decide to up and leave, none of that changes what you as the left-behind spouse should be doing. So I highly encourage you to avoid the temptation to say, well, if they were just out of the house, this would be so much easier. Or, you know, if, if, if they had just stayed then I could show them all of these positive changes that I'm making. That is putting too much focus on your walkaway spouse. You need to remove all of that focus off of them and place it squarely back on yourself. Remember, whether you're in home separation or physical separation, whether your, your walkaway spouse has given you a warning before they leave or they just up and leave, the focus needs to be off of them and onto yourself. How are, your, how are you going to improve your life? How are you going to move forward with, with your life? That's the way to avoid divorce, is the first step is to remove all focus, all pressure, all pursuit off of your walkway spouse and turn that focus solely to yourself. I know you're probably tired of me repeating that mantra over and over again. But it's so important that you do not fall into the temptation of watching your spouse like a hawk. You know, there's a saying, a watch pot never boils. Well, it's a very similar situation when it comes to your walkaway spouse. If you put all the focus on them, then your situation is never going to change. Now again, I want to caution that taking the steps that we talk about in this podcast about avoiding divorce is no guarantee. I don't want anybody to listen to the episodes of this podcast and think, oh, if I remove the focus from them, do these three things, that my spouse is going to have a change of heart and come back to the marriage. There's no guarantee of that. And I'm, I'm not going to sit here 
and try to convince you that, oh, do these three things and you will save your marriage. There's no guarantees, but I can guarantee you that pressuring them, pursuing them, putting all your focus on them has such a smaller chance of working than removing all pressure and pursuit, putting the focus on yourself, going out and recapturing that life you had before you met your spouse, focusing on self-improvements and learning to be happy by yourself, moving forward with your own life is the best way to potentially get them to wonder what's going on with you and trying to um, come back and sniff around to see what's so different about you. That's the best way to avoid divorce. So hopefully both these segments of this episode have been beneficial to you. I appreciate you listening to this podcast. Um, remember, we do have an email address, avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. If you have any comments, questions, I want to thank all of the listeners that have emailed um, with their situation or with words of encouragement or with questions or with ideas for future episodes of podcast. I thank you so much for not only listening to this podcast, but for taking the time to reach out to us. And as we conclude this episode, I want to encourage you, go out and do everything that you can to avoid divorce. Thank you.